Are you curious how Julie's experienced tremendous success in the male-dominated construction industry? Well, don't miss her exclusive interview on three secrets to success in a man's world at julielottenliving.com slash secrets. That's julielottenliving.com slash secrets. You can find the link in this episode's show notes to access the video now. Welcome to Julie Lawton Living, featuring engaging conversations on creating the life, business, and luxury home of your dreams. With over 30 years of experience in the design-build industry, Julie has completed over 1,000 remodels and custom homes in Southern California and provides architecture, design, engineering, and general contracting as a unique one-stop shop for her clients. Let's join the conversation now. Julie, it's great to be with you again. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, David. Have you seen the movie The Money Pit before with Tom Hanks and Shelley Long? Yes, I saw that many years ago and it still makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure that movie does not make homeowners laugh if they are going through what we are terming a nightmare remodel. How would you define, Can I, in the words of Julie Lawton, how would you define what a nightmare remodel is? Well, a situation of total chaos where no one's in charge and your money's gone. <laughs> and and to top it off, of course, that your home is not remodeled. It's a mess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The project's not done or just barely got started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I think about the idea of uh, nightmare remodels, I would think that there are categories or ways that a, a remodel could kind of go sideways because uh, every remodel nightmare, I would think, could be unique, the reasons why there would be a problem. Walk us through some of the categories and how those you have seen those play out over the last 30 years. Well, it, it's always like this. The architect draws plans that don't work. The, the architect draws plans you can't afford. You don't hire an architect. You draw a draftsman or someone that doesn't know how to do what he's doing and doesn't follow the code or the city requirements or even come close. Or you hire someone that doesn't have any business doing drawings because you found him cheap on the internet. So, uh, and then you have the situation of the designer trying to design, but she's not qualified for architecture, but she's, you know, she's in the process of trying to hook up your contractor so she can get kickbacks because she's referring you to every contractor on the block. So, you know, the decorator sleeping with the contractor that actually happened on one of my uh, jobs. Uh, so anyway, the, um, my, not my jobs, but one of my experiences with one of my clients projects. Um, so uh, then you have the, contractor who isn't licensed or he told you he was, but you know, it's his insurance has lapsed. And then he ducks you into doing stuff without permits. So, you know, you're getting led down the road and then he asks for money in advance. So those are real quick ones that start any nightmare. So the first one, I want to hone in on this and kind of categorize these for our listeners. The first one is that the architect is either not qualified the homeowner tried to save money, found somebody on the internet, so they're not qualified. Mm -hmm. That would be one. Or a designer. Somebody's drawing it that's not qualified well, enough. Well, yeah, because you can have architects that are really good at commercial or residential buildings, but they might not be good at remodels. Or maybe they don't work in your city and they don't know how the city works. So I'm not downing any architects here, but your architect needs to know what your city codes are and have, help you guide through, guide you through because like Laguna is very difficult. Newport is not as difficult, but if you don't know how the city works and what they require, 
you're going to get lost real quick and you're going to tell the client the wrong price for the plans because it's probably, probably going to be double or triple. So you need to work with someone that's local, that understands the local city and don't hire some cheap draftsman that doesn't know architecture or space planning or custom kitchens. The person you hire has to be good at what they do and local. So it's a combination. They can be super talented, but if they're not from your city, how are they going to know what to do to get your plans done? So there's a whole pitfall there if it's not local. And then the other component I heard you say is that they could they could design something that's amazing and beautiful mm -hmm. and masterful, but yet not take into account what it actually might cost. Uh, that happens all the time. The architect's all about, let's make something beautiful. Let's show off. What can I do? And what's my style? And, you know, what, what, what can really make this house look great without considering the budget, let alone what the client really wants or really needs as far as the space plan and the look. But I've seen so many plans that the client simply cannot afford. And no one told them this till I showed up as the contractor or they finally got around to calling the contractor six months or a year into it with the architect or the designer. So I always stress do pre-construction, bring your contractor in early, have him look at the plans preliminarily, just heads up. But that's a good, that scenario happens all the time. Mm -hmm. The second area you talked about that the contractor, um, talk about some issues with contractors themselves that you have seen over the years. Well, contracting is tough and a lot of guys don't want to actually follow the rules because it costs money. So you got to have a contractor who's fully licensed and then he's got to have general liability insurance of a million dollars and then he's got to have workers comp. If they have on their, you know, exempt from workers comp, that's because they're using other people that don't aren't licensed and aren't following the rules and basically lying. And so there, you've got to have the liability and the workers comp because he has employees and he has subs. So there's a whole thing about should you ask should you ask a contractor for that like to see Oh it? yeah, day 1. Yeah, you got to ask for it. Ask for the insurance and requirements. They have to prove it. And if they're exempt, mm -mm. so because they're not operating legally cuz all contractors have subs and employees of, of some level and then their and then their subcontractors have to be licensed and have the same insurance. So it's a tricky situation because no one wants to ask and demand this stuff. And we do it because we have to, because we have to work by law. But um, homeowners never want to ask this stuff. They just want to, they don't want to be rude to the guy. They don't want to embarrass him. So uh, the contractor can get away with the murder because no one wants to confront him. And the client doesn't know what to ask. That's the problem. So you want what's to the ask. The, yeah. What's the downside? I want to make sure that our, our listeners hear this. The downside, if the contractor doesn't have general liability insurance and doesn't have workers comp, what's the downside to the homeowner? Uh, they have to pay for anything that happens. It goes on them. Because even if you're not acting as owner builder, which I don't recommend, the person that gets injured or... um what if something happens at the at the contractor's fault, you're going to have to pay for it. And if a worker shows up and gets injured, that's under or falls off a ladder, he's going after you. And you could be hooked on bills for his entire life. Wow, so this is a huge issue, absolutely yes. huge issue. That's so, yeah. so the saving a hundred thousand dollars or a mm. couple hundred thousand on this contractor 
in the long run, you could be really in a bad situation. Yeah. Do not go with the lowest guy. Do not go with the nice guy that's going to cut corners to save you money because it's going to cost you money in the end. And you're liable at the end of the day for what happens on your property if he's not licensed and insured. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sorry to interrupt you as you were moving forward. I just wanted to make sure that we we caught that that piece of information. Any other issues regarding contractors that you've seen that end up resulting in nightmare remodels? Well, they say we don't need a permit because they don't bother and they they don't follow the rules. So, you know, all projects, I mean, if you just change your sink, you need a permit. You've changed your outlets. Technically, you need a permit. I mean, there's, you know, every city is a little different, but you want to know what is required um, and work with people you can trust that have a good reputation because you don't want to have to go checking up on them and calling and second guessing them. But it would be helpful if you knew the rules ahead of time and then ask them to explain the rules to you and make them call the city and, and explain it, you know, so it's all above board. So, you know, it's uh, it's due diligence. But you if you work with trustworthy, honest people, that helps. But it's hard, you know, to uh, find the good people all the time. What's the downside of kind of going around the city regulations and not permitting the add-on room, the mm-hmm. different bathroom, the uh, ADU. Uh, w- what's the downside to the homeowner? Uh, your house could burn down because your electrician wasn't licensed. Your house could flood because the plumbing wasn't inspected. Your city catches you and makes you tear it down. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, is it also true that like if you added on that extra room that's not permitted, technically, if they go to sell the home, yeah, that, that, it has to be it has to be disclosed, and then there's a whole thing of getting it permitted. So you, then you have to go back and get it permitted. And a lot of people don't want to buy something that's not permitted because they then they have to fix it, and they know that there's cost involved. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've talked about some challenges with architects. We've talked about, and once again, this is not ripping on architects or contractors or whatever. These are just the worst case scenarios that oftentimes homeowners encounter in remodels. So. Uh, we've talked about some architect issues. We've talked about some contractor issues. What about interior design? What are what are some issues there that, that people deal with? Well, interior designers are supposed to be the ones that are helping pick the materials to, that are that's skewed and glued to the wall. So they need to come in and um, help you with materials that are quality and lasting so and look nice, but they have to kind of work with the architect's plans. But what happens with the designers, they might get carried away and Try to not stay in their lane and suggest design changes or things that to the architecture where I'm not saying they're not qualified, but it should be a team effort and everybody should be consulted and working together. If you have an architect and an interior designer and a contractor, you all need to work together. So the point is with the designers, what happens is the worst case nightmare scenario. Sorry, I have to drink water. Um, It's so humid. I don't know why I'm uh, having dry throat. Hmm. What the designers is, I've seen cases where the designer spends more on the furniture than the entire construction cost. So uh, you have to be careful of your design budget and <laughs> factor that in in advance so you know what you're spending and not get carried away. Because a lot of times uh, the homeowner spends more time with the designer than they do the architect. And that part of the project can be a runaway train. And you, it needs to be part of your budget, but it also needs to be seamless with the style of the home. Because, God, you could have a designer that doesn't care what the architect did. And then your house and your furnishings don't even match the style. So it's a, it's it's important that they're cohesively connected together and um, 
mindful of your budget because interior design is sort of like jewelry. <laughs> you could spend up $10 on a pillow or $10,000 on a pillow. I'm sorry, but it's an endless money pit. Um, interior decorating and, you know, finishes and artwork and accessories. And oh my God, it's endless. I mean, fabric could be $10 a yard. It could be $10,000 a yard. I mean, well, actually $150 a yard. So it could be, it's just, there's a, th- the variation in that part of the business is um, huge. Mm-hmm. Have you seen where these categories of architect, contractor, designer, these people don't get along on a job and <laughs> then that turns into a, a nightmare? Yeah, that happens all the time. So you got the uh, contractor, where the fuck are my plans? And then you got the interior designer off spending all your money. And then you're, com- then you're complaining to the architect, what's taking so long? And oh, can you make that cheaper? Because, oh, my God, I have to pay my decorator. So, uh, yeah, it happens all the time. And then the d- contractor tries to call the architect and he gets offensive. And the architect has an attitude because he knows better and he isn't getting the respect he needs. But And he can't control the client. So uh, that happens a lot. And there's been divorces over this and meltdowns. And I've been hired to clean up this mess many times where people have been fired and I'm brought in to start over. So it happens a lot because the client hires people that don't know each other and they go for it. And all they Mm -hmm. want is to spend the money. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so what what is the benefit of going with Julie Lawton Design Build, where you are really overseeing all of those areas, how how does that benefit the the customer and help them in this whole remodeling process? Well, I'm one person. I have no one to blame because I I, I play the role of the architect. I provide the architectural plans. I provide the city submittal process. I oversee all five engineers required to build a home, and I have them on my team, long-term relationships. I do not jump around and shop around people. I have a family with me. And then I am the contractor. I pull the furniture and I personally run the job. There's not some guy under me, under me running anything and making any decisions. You talk to me and I run the job and that's it. So the benefit is that it's me and I'm responsible and I cannot blame anyone else. And I carry the responsibility and I'm honored to do the job on behalf of the client. I mean, I am there to champion the project for the client's best interest. That's called five-star concierge service, protecting and providing a luxurious finished product, but a luxurious experience. Now, does general contactor Julie ever call architect Julie and chew her out? (laughs) No, but I chew out the engineers like, where the are my plans? (laughs) And my draftsman, like, can you hurry up? Because sometimes we have to maneuver around situations where, oh, my God, the city's taking forever. So what it, what it is, is it's usually not us. It's the city slows us up. And then we all get like, ah. So, um, but we don't ever chew each other out. But I do say, what, I have to check the status. So Julie, the contractor, is constantly going back to Julie, the designer, who started the process and saying, Where's the plans and how long do you think it'll take? And then I make a little note on every project because I am the project manager. So I make a little note how long the plan should take. And every time that my guy that's drawing tells me he's on time, so it's good. But I make a note when the engineers tell me. And then they all have other projects, the engineers. So if they say two to four weeks, I plan on four, but I start bugging them at two. 
So I go back to Julie, the contractor, as constantly going back to Julie, to the designer for questions. Yes. <laughs> I refer to my cheat sheet, which I carry around with me every single day. <laughs> it's fun. Give me an example of a setback, a challenge that you have faced in the the process of design and build. You know, some whether something wasn't sourced or something's behind schedule, over budget. Give me an example of a challenge and how you overcame it. Well, I'd like to brag a little bit that I don't cause change orders and I don't cause setbacks and I don't cause problems because we have a team we trust and I don't work with unreliable people. Now, and even if somebody gets sick or something, we always manage. But the setback usually comes when uh, something can't be delivered. And then we just switch horses and get something else. But the setback comes when the client changes their mind after construction starts. And then we have to scramble to get that request made and fit it into the schedules because the train's already left the station. And we sure. got to get it to get it to fit onto the, the train as it's moving without causing a delay. And I did a, I'm doing a project in Laguna Beach now where I offered to do some structural repairs in a, in a room. And that one structural repair that I felt was necessary, which cost a little extra, but I felt it was necessary for the durability and the, the long-term maintenance of the home is costed me eight weeks of um, delays at the city because of the plan permit process. And it, but I needed to do it to make the home better, but it just like the the city's slow, so I thought it wouldn't. You know, I knew it would take up, but it is cost, and it it bothers me. But we're bearing with it, and it, it's part of the process. So I can't get around it. But we still have plenty of work to do. But it, you know, that I it's kind of like a setback in a way because I could have just skipped it, and but I couldn't live with myself if I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I I took and I did it out of my own pocket, my own money. So, um, you know, as part of the construction costs. So I just needed to get it done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How how could someone who is approaching a remodel, they're thinking about remodeling their home. They want to do something fabulous. You know, it's maybe in the 500 to 2 million uh, range of a, of a remodel to their, their place. What advice would you give them on how to go about like their first steps and how to ultimately be a good client. How how would you suggest that they would get the, and, and I'm suggesting that they would be a good client in order to get the good results that they want, right? They want this home to be amazing. How would you suggest that they go about the process of the remodel and be a good client in the process? Well, that's easy. You do your homework and you, especially if you're a couple, you go do your homework of what do you want? So you both pull pictures of what you like, what's your dream home or take pictures um, from your favorite hotel or your favorite vacation. What do you want? Put all those pictures together and sort them out and then come up with a group of pictures, just like a storyboard or a vision board and have a vision board and be clear on what you want before you hire the architect and the designer because that saves hours of time and money. If you're clear about your what you really want, especially get it clear with your partner, because once the design process starts, stuff's going to come up and you're going to have to make decisions together. So if you can get clear on what you want before you hire people, then the good people will take charge and you'll be in good hands and save a lot of stress by, oh, I don't know what I want. And then not showing up for appointments, not making decisions, changing your mind constantly because you didn't do your homework drives me crazy. 
But um, I like to work with people that um, know what they want. But of course, nobody knows what they want when they call you because the first question is, where do I start? So my process starts with homework. And then what is this going to cost right up, right out front? And then we finish the design process. But it's homework because you're designing your dream home. So you had to be clear on your vision. Yeah, get that out of your head on paper is a process. I mean, we're getting it out of your head on paper, but you have to be clear on your vision. What do you want? What's your end result? And just really visualize it and try to explain it any way you can. And usually the easiest way is pictures. And do you suggest people do that physically by tearing it out of magazines oh, and yeah. so forth, or on mm-hmm. Pinterest or how, how do you it's usually Pinterest because I like to do everything digitally, but in the old days I had my clients make a binder or a folder, but you know, now it's the internet. So just go on Pinterest or wherever you see, you know, maybe you're watching your favorite movie. One of my clients, he's an actor. It's so funny, but he got his, some of his inspiration for his, uh, products off of a TV show where he was watching and I want that backsplash, you know? So uh, whatever you see that you like, just take a picture of it or snap it on your phone. Yep, just save it and make a folder, a Google folder or whatever. Mm-hmm. All right, nightmare remodels. We do not want clients of Julie Lawton Design Build to uh, go through the money pit process. We want them to call us first to avoid that. Yes. <laughs> Good to be with you today, Julie. Thank you so much. Thanks, David. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today, and we encourage you to follow Julie Lawton Design Build on all social media platforms so that you can get a behind-the-scenes look at Julie's life and leadership as she designs and builds beautiful custom homes. All the links are in our show notes, available at julielawtonliving.com or by swiping up on your phone now. See you next time on Julie Lawton Living. Are you curious how Julie's experienced tremendous success in the male-dominated construction industry? Well, don't miss her exclusive interview on three secrets to success in a man's world at julielawtonliving.com slash secrets. That's julielawtonliving.com slash secrets. You can find the link in this episode's show notes to access the video now.